Fantasy Focus is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways you can save. Happy Tuesday. It is April 11th. Field, Daniel, Stefania, and Mike all hanging out in the studio. Good to be together with everybody on this glorious Tuesday in Connecticut. It's finally Mm -hmm. nice out. We have been waiting for spring for so long. It is finally here. Not only that, but Odell Beckham Jr. finally has a team. How about spicing up your Easter Sunday a little bit, Stefania, with OBJ landing in Baltimore? It's kind of fun. I know. I really appreciated him cutting into my Sunday night. (laughs) I know. They're probably doing things with with friends or family or acquaintances or whatever. Yeah, or watching, you know, Succession, but whatever. That works, too. Yeah. (laughs) Don't spoil it this time, Stefania. Come on. I haven't seen it yet. Well, you better get on the mic because the internet's full of spoilers. But in any event, no spoiler here. OBJ going to the Ravens and... Um, you know, obviously, the, one of the big questions is around his health because the last we saw him was when he left the field after tearing his ACL in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl in 2021. And that was not long after he tore it the first time, which right. was week seven of 2020. Uh, same knee. Um, we talked about this a little bit on NFL Live yesterday. We, this is uh, it's it's not the same as your run of the mill ACL when you have a second injury it's called a revision surgery Mm. it's revision for a reason you've done a surgery where you've implanted a graft now you have to do it again and the reasons that those typically don't do as well are are numerous um including the fact that the knee just gets banged up a lot more you have the potential for more cartilage damage tougher to come back longer recovery etc so when odell didn't play at all last year there was a lot of concern about what could he really be um I actually spoke with his surgeon, Dr. Neil Elitrash, who's also a team doctor for the Rams. So he's gotten to know him in the course of him being with the Rams and then operating on him again. And he said that actually his knee was in really good shape. Uh, Very little damage. That's huge when it comes to career going forward. So that was number one. Number two, he had the best kind of graft you can have. Teller tendon graft. They took it from the opposite knee. So best kind of graft, knee in good shape. And then you you tack on top of that the athlete that he is. And the fact that he didn't play last year effectively made his rehab window a year and a half. So all those things bode very well for him uh, as far as health. I'm going to talk about a couple of things in a positive light because I have a general sense that perhaps the fantasy insight here will be a little bit more cold water than I think Ravens fans Mm -hmm. are probably hoping for. And then those who just want to have Odell Beckham Jr. back on their team this year because for at least a few years stretch there, he was one of the most valuable players in all fantasy football. But Daniel, this move has injected some excitement into an offseason that has been downright dreadful in the court of public opinion for the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. Lamar Jackson remains a franchise tag player, although not technically under contract at this time. And Lamar Jackson was involved in the recruitment of Odell Beckham Jr. Lamar Jackson posted on Instagram a FaceTime photo of him and Odell Beckham Jr. So it certainly seems like we're one step closer to the reality, which... I would have contended was always the reality that that it's going to be Lamar Jackson under center for the Ravens this season. So let's take a look at that. That's a positive thing. Like we can, we can be excited about this move for a moment. It very much feels that way. And without wanting to like read into it too much, I've want, I've been waiting for this podcast so I can ask you this because it seems crazy to me that Odell Beckham Jr. In spite of wanting to get paid and get his money would be like, yeah, I'll take 15 million guaranteed to have Tyler Huntley throw me the football. Nothing against Tyler Huntley. Just like I would take that. I, I, I of course, that, I, would, I, would, I would take that too, I, I Mike. Take I would take contract. $15 million. I don't care. You can throw me the ball. That's fine. Like, I'll, I'll do that. I'm in. <laughs> but, like, I, don't, I can't imagine OBJ making this deal unless he knows that Lamar is going to be there as a part of it. So uh, they paid him a ton of money field. We, you have talked a bunch always about following the money. How are they going to use him? 
What does this deal mean for the Ravens in the way that you think that maybe they would utilize OBJ? I think it's extremely likely to that you can just like read between the lines here. And I think you can act accurately surmise that the most likely outcome for Lamar Jackson, and it has only increased in recent days, is that he's playing for the Ravens mm-hmm. for 2023. Right. 2024, I'm not prepared to cross that bridge yet. I think that it's still likely that he plays on a one-year deal via the franchise tag because there's a big bridge that they have yet to gap that needs to be gapped between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. If there wasn't that bridge, then they would have had this deal done months ago, maybe even years ago, who knows, or at least a year ago because, of course, he's been eligible for the past two years to sign an extension. Positive vibes. And by the way, Good for Lamar Jackson because, again, we'll see whether he's actually back on the field at the beginning of training camp. I would be surprised if he were out there for OTAs, maybe even, maybe even mandatory minicamp in June because until he signs that tender, he cannot be fined by the Baltimore Ravens. But at least it seems more will, likely that Lamar will be playing in week one of this. I will say mm-hmm. this. I do expect him to be out there pretty early. Um, part of the reason is, you remember last year when there was a lot of chatter about him going to Dallas and it looked like they wanted to acquire him for late in the season and a playoff push? I was saying Lamar in this case. Oh. Yeah, yeah. OBJ. Sorry. We feel good about OBJ if I based off here or now. I was talking about Lamar just from a contract I that. standpoint. I just yeah. wanted to see if everybody was paying <laughs> yeah. attention. Yeah. So <laughs> I just on our toes. Yeah. Lamar with the contract, I, it's hard to say for certain when he's going to be on the field because... He could hold out potentially for mm-hmm. a game or games if he so decides. And the good vibes that are being felt right now go away because the Ravens don't make him a more substantial contract offer. All that aside here for a second, Mike, let's talk about the value of Odo mm-hmm. Beckham Jr. In name alone, he's the most impactful player that has changed teams amongst the wide receivers so far this offseason. At the same time, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself as far as fantasy value goes. I decided not to look at where you have him ranked in your wide receiver rankings. I wanted to see, I figure there's a chance that we are in the same neighborhood, but where do you assess or how do you assess OBJ for this upcoming season? I have him first. You know him first? First overall? <laughs> Number, no, like no. Of, Dynasty uh, ranks are way off. Yeah, yeah. both. Half I mean, PPR both. Yeah, second. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was a time where he was number one, right, mm-hmm. in Dynasty rankings when he looked that guy, but it's been a while. I mean, do you realize the last time, the last regular season he was over six touchdowns was 2016. Holy smokes. 2016. Yeah. That's the last time he was over. Like seven years ago? That was, yeah. That's been a while. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it's been a while. Crazy. Now, look, in 2021, remember he was traded, ended up on the Rams. He appeared in 18 games, including the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. And if you just. Most ever for yeah, him. Yeah. And if you if you ignore the first half of that season and just focus on when he was on the Rams, and he, he had touchdowns, right? He had explosive plays for sure, and that offense was humming. It was terrific. He, he averaged 12.6 fantasy points per game in 12 games. That would have ranked 32nd at wide receiver last season. So now he's in a lower volume pass offense. Assuming Lamar Jackson's there, they'll score points, but they're not going to throw it a ton, and Lamar's going to scramble a lot. We know that. You have Rashad Bateman there, who's going to have a, a big role. You have Mark Andrews, who's going to have a huge target share. We know that. Um, and also, here's the thing. I, I totally buy that he could be fully healthy, 100% good to go. Let's just assume he is, okay? He's turned 31 this year. If Even if we're talking about, we're talking about like DeAndre Hopkins, who's in that same age range, is a guy that could see a drop-off, right? right? So even a fully healthy OBJ, we're going to have some concerns about him missing time. We're seeing a drop-off in his ability, primarily plays on the perimeter, needs explosiveness. He's not really a high-volume, short-range target like a Keenan Allen, for example. So I have some concerns here, Yeah, but I do, to answer your question, I have him... I think of him like 47, something yeah. like that, right? So on a week-to-week basis, I think we'll rank him as probably in the wide receiver three flex conversation, but I have concerns about relying him on him for a full season 
of high end play. Can yeah, I? Ask I, th- a- I was going to say, go. just, I, I think those are all justified, especially based on the pattern. But if you go with sort of the recent positives, it's number one, he comes off a season where he played the most games that he played mm-hmm. in his career because you factor in the postseason. Number two, he has a year of not playing. So you get, you know, less bang on your body and he comes in fresh. Number three, playing on a one year deal and determined to prove something. So I think. All those things work in his favor. He is a guy who, look, his posts right now are all about how nobody believes in him and all that. The chi- he's a chip on his shoulder guy. So, But he's also, a, you know, the, as the mood elevates and, and declines, it, it's sort of his, I don't want to say effort, but sometimes his performance fluctuates with, with that. And he does have an injury history that's not insignificant. So mm-hmm. uh, 31 years old, it, it's going to be one of those where we're going to have the same conversation all the way to the start of the season because you could have fantastic weeks and then you could have weeks that are dead and and he's certainly a candidate to miss time. I have just one question. Please. When I look at Rashad Bateman, we're talking about this Ravens wide receiving core. Through his first two seasons, he has 800 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. Obviously, he's missed a ton of times to find you mm-hmm. because of injury. But uh, when you're looking at this, Mike, are you projecting Rashad Bateman to still be the number one, or do you think that OBJ is going to be the guy that at the end of the year will likely have more targets per game I'm, than Rashad? I have uh, Bateman with a few more targets because I think Beckham misses a few games. I think you have to project it that way. I do think when they when they walk on the field week one, though, the primary target for Lamar Jackson will be Mark Andrews, number one. Number yes. two will be, yep. will be Odell Beckham. The question is, is he going to play every yeah. down? Is he going to hold up for the whole season? Is he going to miss time? But I think this probably does take some pressure off Bateman. I think he is a really good prospect who has had some issues with durability and also with the previous regime, right? Mm-hmm. With with uh, you know Greg, Greg Roman, Roman, he yeah. obviously took some shots on social media. Roman's gone, of course. So at the GM uh, too, by the way, who's still there? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That yeah, actually, that's that's exactly what it was, right? So um, I think that uh, there's still hope for Bateman, and I think those two probably end up similar in targets by the end of the season, assuming no drastic injuries like sure. missing eight to ten games all right so an OBJ I've got him as wide receiver 38 right now and I think that what's important to note is that at some point in your wide receiver rankings at any position ranking it shifts from it's a matter of what you're looking for mm-hmm. right because there might be players that are ranked a few spots ahead of Odell Beckham Jr. here's a good one as an example Brandon Cooks who I don't think I think the median outcome for Brandon Cooks this year is higher and the median outcome for Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. I think the top-end outcome for Odell Beckham Jr. is clearly higher than the top-end outcome for Brandon mm-hmm. Cook. So it may be that you get to a certain point in the draft and you're saying, you know what, I'm swinging for the fences. And OBJ has more swing for the fence potential than somebody like Brandon Cooks. But I hear the optimistic case for OBJ being Lamar Jackson is a unanimous MVP winner who led the NFL in passing touchdowns one mm-hmm. season. Yep. Let's assume that he is back and playing like that old school version of Lamar Jackson and he plays in a new offense where Todd Munkin is now the coordinator and not Greg Roman. You need to go back to the two years where Lamar was at the peak of his powers and look at where they were in rush and passing attempts relative to the NFL and just understand that like if they had a hundred passing attempts, which would be about five and a half, six per game. They would still be like bottom three in the NFL in passing attempts. Mm-hmm. I don't think that a Todd Munkin-led offense 
turns the Ravens into like the 16th pass heaviest offense in the Correct. NFL. Yeah. They may have been there in the past couple of years because of the fact that everybody got hurt, and including Lamar Jackson, and they were playing from behind. And they still weren't, a bunch though. of close games. They still weren't. They had one year, two years ago. <laughs> there was one like year. 16, one of the right? last four years. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying is that like the idea that Todd Munkin takes them from th- like 32nd to like 12th, not buying it, right? Like Agreed. It may be 32nd to like 22nd, and mm-hmm. that could have a bit of an impact mm-hmm. here. Still going to be run heavy offense. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that is that Lamar, while he is a very, very talented passer, I think as far as like surgical throwers of the football go, if Odell Beckham Jr. is playing with Joe Burrow, I feel different about it, right? Yeah. If he's the number one in the Joe Burrow-led offense, I feel different about it. So I'm fired up for the Ravens. I'm fired up for OBJ, Kindly, because it's an unbelievable deal. $15 million guaranteed for one season is Exceptional for him. This, yeah, the speculation was like maybe a third of that. He would yeah, get. A, a one, it was Mike, a shocker. I'm telling yeah. you, there are a few times. There are there are stories every once in a while they hit, and people rather than you having to reach out to people in the NFL, they immediately come to you. And people were jaw agape mm-hmm. at the money being spent mm-hmm. by the Baltimore Ravens, one of the most conservative, fiscally responsible teams in the league. On not their quarterback they rarely, position, they yeah. rarely <laughs> do these kind of moves. They're like, well. Maybe indirectly on their well, right? Yes, indirectly. This was a yeah, yeah. But it's like this is so not something so not Raven. That's not Raven, right? That's amazing. So respect to OBJ. uh, But my expectations are a little more tepid relative to I think maybe some who are just excited about the possibility of OBJ being the number one target Mm -hmm. in the Lamar Jackson quarterbacked offense. Let's move to a piece that I recently wrote for ESPN. Uh, It's the top ten or ten of the top moves this off season that have a fantasy impact. It was a good be- article field. I want you to know that. I, I thank you. I, I appreciate you reading yeah, it, Daniel. I, I went through it, and yeah. I noticed one thing missing specifically. <laughs> okay. I went yeah. through one through ten. What'd you find? I found that, like, you did not mention Gardner Minshew to the Colts. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> suspicious. Facts. Kind of embarrassing. Not only that, but I, I forgot that, and I'll do respect to Gardner Minshew, my Breaking former Craig Reynolds doesn't even get a mention here. I know. I know. He I mean, got resigned. Yeah, exactly. I was almost going to mention Craig Reynolds, and then he was number 11. Number 12 that I just completely whiffed on, so I'm owning it out of the gates here is Darren Waller being traded to the New York Giants if you're asking me how I whiffed I don't have an answer if I knew I would tell you but it hit me like a week after I wrote it I was like oh my god I did not include Darren Waller to the Giants well when you're vacationing during free agency and you know <coughs> what off if, with your kids and that, the right. you're just not paying attention I mean I this know. is what happens you this know says to me typical sunshine, field behavior have a little fun field yeah, is actually yeah, human is what I hear from ball. this he's not the robot that we all thought he was yeah. or he just doesn't think much of Darren Waller no nope. <laughs> okay. interesting part I have Darren Waller as a top five tight end in my range right now going into the season number four to be more specific so Here's what I think I'll do is I'll just like kind of pass it around the table. I will read the move. Mike can read the pl- most pertinent player and their rank and where he has him. I can also chime in with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can kind of just talk about it. And we begin with Aaron Rodgers, who I know the move hasn't even become official yet, but <laughs> Aaron Rodgers eventually going to the Jets. When a four-time MVP gets traded, it has to be the most notable move sure. of the offseason. We don't know what the compensation will be, but it'll almost assuredly be draft picks. Aaron Rodgers, Mike, where does he stack in your current preseason quarterback rankings? Yeah, first of all, uh, was it the uh, Jets? Was it the Jets GM the other day said, "Yeah, we're getting Aaron Rodgers. He's going like, to be here. Gonna, yeah. yeah, he's going to be here." It'll right. Happen. So we yeah. can, like, I have my projections are out there, and I have Rodgers on the Jets. Right? Yeah. Where some people get a little upset about that. We expect him to Tough be there, luck. barring some shocking development. So uh, projecting him that way, I've at QB fifteen right now. Uh, look. Last year was a major step back, 25th in fantasy points per game. Had never been worse than 13th before 
in his career was a huge drop-off. Best weekly finish was ninth. It was rough. I get it. But he also dealt with a lot of drops. The supporting cast wasn't great. Uh, it doesn't add much value with his legs anymore. There's reasons to not expect him to get back into that top five conversation. But I do think the supporting cast will be a little bit better here. He'll be motivated to have a big season with his new team here. We saw Matthew Stafford do something like that a couple of years ago. Thank you. It happened. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, you know, Garrett Wilson's terrific. I'm sure we'll talk about him in a second. And they have a good core around him. And they might not be done, too, in terms of pass catchers, right? I well, mean, they, they were, were the, almost going to sign Odell Beckham Jr. Exactly. Until they got $15 million from the Ravens. Exactly. I'm sure, yeah. That, <laughs> it's funny because I was going to mention that before. Like, they were, they seemed like the favorite. And then I think it was one of them things where Wasn't he's he like, I can't pass on that money. I think he was leaving there. He was supposed yeah, to be he was. go to the Jets. Yeah. And then, so they were like, uh-uh, like you're not I'll take going three times the, the salary to go right. anywhere. Yeah. OBJ I'll was like, well, I'll, I'll play the briefcases full of money for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I will have to get on the next plane. Yeah. Yeah. I'll stick, I'll pay. Baltimore this <laughs> right. time of the year right. is gorgeous. I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I like Mike. I agree with most everything you said. Obviously, it was a down, down year last season, but the floor had been so high for Rodgers in the years prior to that. I think more than anything what I am buying into, and maybe this is just naive, but do you really think Aaron Rodgers, who seems to hear everything that is said about him, Mm. everything, Mm -hmm. from all corners of the internet, right? Calling out reporters Mm -hmm. by name Mm -hmm. and mentioning fan push. Like, Rodgers hears everything. He's listening now. He probably like, is. This, is, this pod probably isn't even out listening. right now. Yes. We're recording He's this. Listening. He can hear listening. it. He's a feed directly to the listening studio. to the focus for a long time. But I just don't believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to go out with a whimper in his NFL career. I tend to and agree. he's yeah. year to year now. Like, part of the holdup in this trade is that the Jets don't want to fork over a first-round pick for a guy who could retire next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Who himself admitted 90% leaning towards retirement this offseason at one point. I think Aaron Rodgers bounces back. I've got him at quarterback 13. It's hard for me to go much higher than that mm-hmm. just because he has no value with his legs, and there are some really, really good quarterback options. But I think maybe the biggest winner in this trade, Daniel, is actually Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver. Totally. And I want to say really quickly about Aaron Rodgers, just so super fast if this is okay. Take your time. Uh, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers played 18 seasons in the NFL. 13 of those seasons he's played at least 15 games. So I'm just trying to get down to the, the seasons where he hasn't missed time. Mm-hmm. Last year was his second most interceptions ever in a season and his second fewest touchdowns ever mm-hmm. in a season. Yeah. The idea that Aaron Rodgers, after 18 years, is going to potentially leave Green Bay and go to a new team, I absolutely believe, as much as I don't want to believe this, that he's going to bring everything that he absolutely has. There's something that he's going to bring to this Jets team because I agree with you, Field. He doesn't want to go out with a whimper. Last year sucked for him. It was, and that's- it was a stacked uh, a bunch of adverse events, right? So, mm-hmm. And the fact that he didn't really have the receivers, that was clear um, coming in, and he was grumpy about that. Then he broke his thumb, and he wasn't the same. And even though he... This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He, he didn't really complain about it. In fact, he tried to hide it, but then sort of let us know it was bothering him. It definitely affected the way he was playing. Absolutely. And now, like you said, Field, being able to have a guy like Garrett Wilson this last season, Garrett Wilson... 83 catches, 1,100 receiving yards, only four touchdowns. I'm hoping that four touchdowns goes up. But he had 148 targets. This kid is unbelievable. And if he can have somebody not named Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson throwing him the football like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, or I, Mike White, yeah. Or, or Mike Clay. Mike, how sure. high Mike is that Clay. going to potentially like push, <laughs> push Garrett Wilson up, understanding that like, we are expecting Aaron Rodgers, even if he's quarterback 15 or quarterback 13, it's going to be a huge boost for this value of this offense. Right. He had a 25% target share as a rookie last season. That was six highest at wide receiver. Finished, he finished 21st in fantasy points. Have him at 13th, right? If, if he sees a target share similar to that with a much better quarterback, it's, and not to mention another year of experience in the NFL, he should be able to make a leap. He could be one of the next elite fantasy wide receivers for sure. So, uh, I feel very, very good about him next year. I will say this, though, by the way, just for this offense, something to think about about all the AFC East teams is I think four of the best of defenses in the NFL might be in one in the division. division. Totally. Miami yeah. is stacked. That's they got Jalen Ramsey. This is so fun when we were picking the over-under on the wins yeah. in that division. I, Every time I think, oh, this offense is revamped, I'd be like, oof, yeah, look no. who they're playing on defense. Yeah, my, Patriots my, are always good. The Bills are good. Miami. Even, and, and by the way, the Jets be having a good defense is not – it changed the way here. they played off yeah. exactly. Last year, They're gonna be able to run yeah. the ball more. They're not gonna have to chuck it around as much. So yeah. all things to consider here when you're thinking about a guy like Rodgers or any of these any of these pass catchers. I've got Wilson at wide receiver eleven. It's hard for me to make the case for him to be that much lower. This guy could easily break into the top ten mm-hmm. for scoring this year based off of how he performed last year with terrible quarterback play. But you're right, Mike. I will say this. I just mentioned how I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna bounce back. That's like the angel on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. The devil on my shoulder is like, what if the NFL schedule makers say, hey? First three games for the Jets this year. Buffalo, Philadelphia, Miami. Which, by the way, all those games are on their schedule mm-hmm. this year. Right. The Chiefs might be as well. What if those are their first four games? Which, when you have Aaron Rodgers, they're probably awesome. going to start. Well, it'd be fun, right? But, like, what if they're 0-4 after four games? And all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is like, Oh, it'd be so I'm good so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jets fans. It would be, so it'll be so amazing, right? But it's just like, there are, like, the way that the narrative changes and that mm-hmm. Rodgers' temperament might change is that this team is just straight up struggling, which... I think they're going to be pretty good next year. I'm not not suggesting that they won't be good, but we saw it like we've seen teams who who was it last year who like famously had like the first four games of their season were just like the absolute worst portion of their schedule, and, and then it was they like, won everything. Like, wow, uh, like okay, this team who is was that? might have been two years ago, or I think it was like Cleveland or somebody who came out of the gates, and it was like Chiefs, Ravens, uh, like p- two other like really good teams back to back, and you're like, dang, what is this team, right? Like. I don't know, like this team, and then they like ended up evening out and being mm-hmm. about what you'd expect from them. But the schedule early can certainly impact how things go for the rest of the season. Other side of this is Aaron Rodgers being traded away from the Packers. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Mike did uh, Jordan Love? He um, cracked my quarterback rankings all the way at quarterback. I got to scan down the document. Twenty uh, uh, twenty-four. Uh, 22. 22. All right. I mean, feeling a little optimistic there. Uh, it's a tough He's, one though, because yeah. so quarterback twenty-two for me, Jordan Love. You can't point to anything in the pros, Mike, but what you can point to is the college tape. And the trick with Jordan Love is that, I don't know, like maybe you'd assume that stylistically he's different from Aaron Rodgers, but like, it's, like he's, he is as average as average can be as an athlete. 
He has zero zero mm-hmm. rushing upside as a quarterback in college. Quarterback rushing stats can be a bit tricky because they include yards lost by mm-hmm. sacks, but like no rushing upside here for Jordan Love, right. and we have no idea what he is as a passer and who's he throwing to. Yeah, we don't know how good he is. You remember his final season in college wasn't so good. It was yeah. the year before that he really broke up and the, broke out, and then he had kind of the step back. Uh, his final season, and again, he's barely seen the field behind Rodgers the last few seasons. You're right, I can't get too excited about taking a lottery ticket on him with a late pick as a QB, too, because he doesn't offer much with his legs. So even if he does pan out and he's an above-average passer, by the way, with a really shaky supporting cast as things stand right now, look at that Packers group of tight ends and receivers. It is not good yeah. after Christian Watson. They have major holes to fill in that unit. So it's, it's really hard Christian for me. What about Christian Watson, though? I mean, behind does, him. Does yeah, he count? Yeah. I mean, I, I know you say behind does, him, but yeah. like... Christian Watson really struggled the second half of the year. I like all oh, wait, seven wait. of Christian Watson's. Was it? Oh yes, you're right. Christian Watson really struggled to begin the season, and then right. all seven of his mm-hmm. touchdowns came in like four games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, literally. Yeah. So like, it, he I, looks good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I still feel good about him because they manufacture touches for him. He was carrying the ball as well. And right now, I have him ranked really high. I think I'm wide receiver twenty. I could go as high as fifteen because again, where where are they throwing the ball? Even like right with now, love under center. They, yeah, they, uh, yeah, obvious, they, they just strike me as the most obvious use a first-round pick on a wide course, receiver, which, yeah. by the way, would be so ironic if it happens the year but after, after they trade Spend Aaron a first Rogers, and a third or something. Right? Yeah. Because this trade was like for when, Hopkins. Uh, wasn't it like after, right after Rex Ryan got fired by the Jets, they spent like all this money yes. on <laughs> defensive free agents, and Rex had been clamoring for that for years. But, uh, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson's a big winner from the Jets' side, and I'm not sure who if there's any winner for the Packers. Like I expect the running backs to be kind of like how the running backs have been in prior years, mm-hmm. and as far as the pass catchers go i'm with mike i have a little bit less optimism on christian watson not really because of christian watson but really because like it's really hard to find wide receivers to put them ahead of like some of the wide receivers that are in that same range that you're talking about mike like wide receiver 20 on my board tyler lockett 21 Mm -hmm. amari cooper right like 25 jerry judy like these are names that We've seen more of, and like it's not like pedigree is the issue with those players ahead of Christian Watson. I kind of view them all mm-hmm. fairly comparably, like wide receivers that aren't, like I don't want to walk into the season with them as my wide receiver one, but if you hit the flush with running backs early and end up with one of those guys as your first wide receiver, there are worse ways to build a roster. And by the way, Watson outscored probably all of those guys you just mentioned. Maybe not Judy in the final, you know, during that hot streak. He was wide receiver 10 down the stretch. And efficiency-wise, basically top 10 in every category. Yeah. I mean, he was he That's might be crazy. legit. He might be a star receiver who game. sees a ton of volume. Yeah. One game That's with more than five catches That's last right. year. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was That's, a really low-volume season for him. Yeah. It's hard to pick up, though. They, yeah, I remember I picked on him a lot because of the touchdown regression, and then the volume started to come. The target share was there. They were just running the ball a lot. So, And, and if remember, they aren't as good next year, which I know they weren't great last yeah. year, but if this is like a 6-11 and 11 team next year, they'll be throwing the football more than they were this past yeah, year. Yeah, and by the way, the quarterback situation, we all can all agree, probably going to be a downgrade. Aaron Rodgers is great, but they weren't. It's not like they were lighting it up last year. They're not going from peak Aaron Rodgers to, you know, a, a terrible quarterback situation. They're going from like a below-average scoring offense to Jordan Love. So... And and obviously Watson survived that last year. A few more uh, moves to move through, and uh, Tom Brady retired. Have you guys heard that or no? What did he hear that? Did he Tom retire? Brady retired. Yeah. 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 He, he did. He still retired. He did. He still retired. Okay. And the Buccaneers have signed uh, subsequently Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask. So I think Stefania, uh, one of the big themes of this year's rankings is going to be accounting for injuries and accounting for ACL tears. Mm-hmm. 
much more than I think. I know I need I need to overcorrect. I got too optimistic upon, upon amongst players or on players that were coming off of ACL tears, especially early on in the season. Mm-hmm. That being said, Stefania, there was one guy who seemed to look closer to himself, himself than any other guy coming off of an ACL tear, and that was Chris Godwin, who it wasn't perfect, and he got injured like the second he got back on the field in week one. But from like week four on, he kind of looked like Chris Godwin, at least like. 75, 85% of the way. Yeah, he had more of the trajectory you kind of expect to see in that first year back where uh, a player kind of starts to look and feel like their pre-injury self when they get to the back half of the season. And uh, everything in training camp suggested that Chris Godwin was going to be close to on time. The fact that he started when he did, uh, I think, you know, just reflected that. But he had a hamstring injury. Remember, he kind of went to catch an awkward pass. And so that's the kind of play where you go, well, that could have happened whether or not he had the ACL injury coming into the season. It wasn't like, oh, he pulled up running and he was deconditioned from it. So it was one of those things where, eh, you know, people were wondering, should he have been in that long? On the first? You know, who who is to say? It's hard to necessarily put the two together, but it, it is something that we see fairly often where guys have these soft tissue injuries post-ACL. That said, once he came back, he really looked pretty good, and I would expect him to be that much better coming into this year. So let's talk about expectations going into the season, Mike, because I get it. Mike Evans was not great last season. Mm -hmm. And Chris Godwin, even mostly staying healthy, was not great as far, like he saw a dramatic dip in his yards per reception. Um, He was mostly three touchdowns, right? Yeah, Yeah, three touchdowns. This was all Mm volume-based. And yet both of them were top 15 scorers on a points-per-game basis this past season. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about them going into this year. Whether you think it's Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, I can't imagine either of them is being drafted where they have been for the past three to five years. Yeah, so there's two things here. First of all, so you mentioned top 15 in points per game. That's true. 13th for Evans, 15th for Godwin, right? So that's kind it's of a starting point. It's amazing that Evans is ahead, but 13. one game. Right, right. So, so again, a little outside the top 12, right? Think about how we think of these guys, right? Probably like fringe wide receiver ones during the Tom Brady era. Yeah. You're going to have the big quarterback downgrade. That's huge, yep. right? They could have one of the worst quarterback situations in the NFL. And the other thing is, Tom Brady literally set an NFL record for pass attempts two years ago. I Correct. mean, that was an extremely high-volume pass offense. That's going way down. That was right? actually last year, right? Was, was the record last, last year? year? Was the, Maybe it was most he, completions was, ever last year. Yeah, it was. I think it was completions last year, attempts the year before. But our, our second most attempts ever uh, was two years ago. Nonetheless, yep. an extremely pass-heavy, high-volume offense, tons of plays, all those things. So you have that change. They're not going to throw the ball that much with Baker and Mayfield, and it's just going to be it's, it's going to be a different looking offense for sure. So that could cost that offense a hundred pass attempts, and the quarterback's not going to be as good. Also, Mike Evans was extremely inconsistent last year. He was outside the top thirty in sixty percent of his games. He turns thirty years old this season, mm-hmm. and to your point, like even with Brady, Godwin scored three touchdowns. So if they if our starting point in that situation was situation was thirteenth and fifteenth. You have to drop them down. You can't put you them do. in that same number. So I have one of the hardest pair of guys to rank. I have them 26th for Godwin, 30th for Evans. That is, wow. it feels painfully low. Yeah. But remember, wide, look at the other guys in that range. Wide receiver is stacked. Mm-hmm. And this situation mm-hmm. is not great in Tampa Bay. That roster, is not. especially offensively, does not look good. I have serious concerns. I don't want either guy on my my fantasy team as of right now. I've got Goblin a little bit higher because the volume's going to be insane again. Just yeah. to look at the rest of their pass catchers. I've got him at 22, but Evans at 29. Also important to note, Mike, that so despite the fact yeah. that Mike Evans finished 
13th in points per game last year, 35% of his points came in just two games. I get it. If That's you remove a couple of players, uh, a couple of games from every player's mm. ledger, their outlook looks different. That week, was it 16, 17 explosion? It was in the playoffs. The two weeks that you yeah, didn't get to use him. Actually because, yes, him. exactly. Yeah. Yes. yes, Mike Evans was yeah. great last year, and Brady Jackson confirms led the NFL and set a passing, let's set an NFL record both in terms of completions and attempts last season. There you go. Two hard guys to uh, to assess coming into the season because you know that if for some reason Kyle Trask is way better than we all believe he is right now, this would be a good offense. Those two mm-hmm. players are stone cold ballers. Let's go to number eight on my moves, and it was the carousel of running backs in the NFC North. And I'm going to go to you here, Daniel, to start because your Lions yep. saw Jamal Williams walk away and they added a familiar face in David Montgomery. If you were to assess how this running back backfield shakes out in Detroit right now, who's the man, who's the complimentary piece, or is it not like that? Craig Reynolds is the man, okay. obviously. Great. Obviously, Kutztown's right. finest. Kutztown's finest. Uh, no, I think that David Montgomery is the guy here. I follow, I, like, not only just following the contract, we've talked about this, but DeAndre Swift has not proven, unfortunately, that he can stay healthy through the first couple of years of his career. Yeah. And I want to be able to see him be able to utilize the Lions specifically, utilize a guy like David Montgomery to be able to be a better pass catching back than what Jamal Williams was. I think that David Montgomery being a little bit younger too, he, uh, if I remember correctly, he had more yards after first contact than Jamal Williams. Uh, and he had fewer yards before first contact than Jamal Williams. So like he's in a much better spot here in this Lions offense than Jamal was. So it's very definitely, I would take David Montgomery First, yeah. between those two running backs, I would have him at running back 18. I have DeAndre Swift at running back 21 mm. so far this year. And I love both of them, but I don't have that same... I was, I was high on DeAndre Swift coming in last year, thinking of what mm. they were going to do for him, that pass-catching ability, and adding a guy like David Montgomery who also has that pass-catching ability and seeing that Swift had problems staying on the field... I would rather have David Montgomery. Tell me if you feel different. I have Mike. Swift a little higher, almost the exact opposite of you. And here's what's incredible. So I have Swift at 19. He has never finished a season worse than 19th in yeah. points per game. That's crazy. I mean, even with all the missed time and leaving games early and being severely limited at times and not getting all those touchdowns that Jamal Williams had, still delivering RB2 numbers at worst with this limited role because he's so effective. He's in effective as a game. rusher. Yeah. He's had at least seven touchdowns every season, and he has a big role in the passing game. And by the way, Montgomery, I think he'll play. He's basically going to step into the Jamal Williams role. Won't score as many touchdowns. I mean, Williams had 28 carries inside the five last season. 38. 20, inside the five. He had 20. 28. Oh, inside the five. Okay. No one else Fair. had more than 20. Sure. He had eight more than any other player sure. in the league. So Montgomery is going to pick up a lot of that. I do think he'll see more passing game work than Williams, but probably not by a ton because that's when DeAndre Swift is going to be on the field. So right. I like them both, though. I mean, my short answer is I like them both. I think they're both top 25 Fantasy options, and are, we're going to be starting most. That goal line usage, most weeks. that's what gets me, though. Well, I yeah. say a couple things here. Is that I took the easy way out. I ranked them back-to-back. Stop Swift, it. 22, Montgomery, Hedging. 23. But this comes back to something I brought up earlier. What do you need? What do you want? If you're looking for the player that week in and week out will probably get you, you know, 10 to 12 points, draft David Montgomery. Yeah. If you're looking for a player that you can kind of trust his role week in and week out, draft David Montgomery, at least for right now. Because I do want to introduce a thought about DeAndre Swift in a second. But if you're looking for a player who, if and I've decided the term that I'm going to use, I'm actually I was inspired by Jamal Williams, the royal flush outcome, where like almost everything goes right for mm-hmm. the player. If you think the royal flush outcome is possible for DeAndre Swift, that's top ten running back upside. That's what it mm-hmm. can be. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I'd be surprised if it were that 
for David Montgomery with the roster broken down as it currently is. That's why I have him ranked as such. But I do wonder, is DeAndre Swift on this team week one of the NFL season? Mm-hmm. I wonder that too. Mm-hmm. The, that to me seems like the elephant in the room here because $6 million per year for David Montgomery, second biggest contract handed out to a running back. You exclude franchise tags. Other only Miles Sanders, only Miles Sanders got more money. And by the way, they let Jamal Williams walk away, like a heart and soul guy. Like they felt like they needed an upgrade at their lead back role. Maybe, maybe a team that just traded away, as an example, Jeff Okuda. Like these GMs, some cost, right? Like not only did Brad Holmes, their GM, not draft DeAndre Swift, but who cares whether you're drafted him first or last in the draft? If you can get some value back on him, or you don't think he's worth the price it, it is currently costing you or will cost mm. you in the future, I don't know. It just strikes me as an interesting name to keep an eye on. By the way, did Cowboys. you Cowboys. Pe- oh, huh? yeah. Would be, the I mean, yeah. that is a good place for him to go is the Cowboys. Hey, Jerry Jones, if you're mm-hmm. listening, go get DeAndre Swift because I think he could thrive in that offense. It helps them out with the Tony Pollard situation. Yep. And, he, I mean, and I, I, just, I, I love this. I like I Kansas to see City. That happen. Kansas City. By the way, the Chiefs used a pick two slots ahead of where DeAndre Swift went Mm -hmm. on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, Chiefs fans, you've got two Super Bowls in four years. You can admit that every (laughs) once in a while. You do have, like, you're allowed one blunder in, like, seven years. By the way, it's permissible. Did you catch uh, Mel Kuyper's last mock draft? I did. Bijan Robinson. 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 Yeah, I'm going to say this right now. If the Lions get Will Anderson Jr. and Bijan Robinson in the first round, I'm going to be. That's not fair. Don't even come try to talk to me. I'm partying the entire weekend. Do they have one of the best O-line? Too. Really? Yeah. Is there something like that? <laughs> Honestly, though, I want to ask you really quickly. You said 28 uh, carries inside the five. I have 38 goal to go carries, so which is, you know, yours is more indicative of that. If David Montgomery is going to get that role, that's part of why I have a hard time seeing DeAndre Swift any higher than that. I don't see DeAndre Swift being a goal line guy. So when you talk He's about not. he, you know, just Jamal looks, Williams yeah. had 38 goal to go carries. The next highest person in the NFL was Jalen Hurts with 23. Mm-hmm. Right? So he far and away was that guy. He's it a just, good running back. The, he's, Jalen, Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a very good <laughs> running back. So it just feels like to me the, that aspect of it, knowing that it's not just those goal those goal line carries, but the fact that he's not Jamal Williams and he can catch the ball. He had thirty plus catches last year. That to me is like what gives me that little bit of an edge, just because I don't mm-hmm. see DeAndre Swift being that guy that's even going to get eight, ten touchdowns this year. It probably won't be as dramatic where it's like when Jamal Williams is in, he is going to run the ball and not catch. And when DeAndre Swift is in, he right. is just as prone to catch as he is run. He had just three games with 10 rushing attempts or more last season. Uh, but I, I, I still think that Swift's pass-catching upside, even if he's not a full-time player, mm-hmm. just represents so much value. As you're going through your rankings, you just go back and look at the top 20, either by points per game or by overall points last year at running backs, and it's like, oh, other than like Derrick Henry and Jamal Williams, they all catch a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. It just raises the floor so dramatically. And just remember, make sure you have a backup. The Lions scored five. I think it was five hundred and one fantasy points. Their running back room that was most in the NFL last season. There's plenty of room here for yep. both of those guys to be fantasy starters. Yep. I know. Is it, to me, it's not that he couldn't do it functionally from what they're trying to do. It's it's the fit thing. It's just you know I saw it in Hard Knocks. I watched. I it, it, tell me if I'm wrong, but the whole Dan Campbell. I think they wanted DeAndre Swift to be something that he didn't quite end up being, and even. His comments after the season of like, yeah, "Yeah, we had this plan. It didn't quite work out. And we're going to kind of try and start over and see if we can. We we still have plans for him. We're going to see if we can make it work. The durability thing is a problem for them. And I think they want him to run hard. And that's not his 
that's not his style. Yeah. Well, and Deuce Staley now with the Carolina Panthers. So maybe the new running backs coach feels a bit differently about how the rotation works there in Detroit, but we shall see. I think we all have a similar view on this backfield. Let's mm-hmm. uh, go to the NFC North. Uh, the other NFC North team that saw a pretty dramatic shakeup in their in their backfield, which is, of course, the Bears, because we just talked about David Montgomery now being a Lion. They went the more, I would say, fiscally responsible route at running back this offseason. They signed Deontay Foreman to a one-year deal with up to $3 million. They did add Travis Homer for a two-year deal. I think it's worth up to $4 million. Homer, special teams player, too. He's, he can, you know, he's a running back, but mm. he'll play his, his most valuable snaps for them on special teams. And all of a sudden, Mike, I'm having a hard time figuring out if there's really any value in the Chicago nope. Bears backfield. Okay, I don't like so, it. Okay. I don't like so, it. I mean, I know. like the... Who's I like, the highest-ranked running back amongst Bears running backs, and how high is he ranked for you? Because so I, I, I do have Herbert higher, because I think he'll... Someone has to be out there when they're throwing the football. So I've got him catch back 37. Up. I'm at 32 for Herbert. I'm at 51 for Foreman. If you wanted to put Oof. them a little tighter... I'm okay with it. Uh, Foreman is a good player. Remember, he was a high pedigree player out of Texas, came into the league, uh, had an Achilles, Mm -hmm. and he missed a a substantial amount of time, came back, kind of resurrected his career after time out of the league. And now he's pretty good. I mean, he's yeah. seen the a best ton. Year of his career last yeah, year. a ton of box defenders the last two years. He replaced uh, Derrick Henry two years ago in Tennessee when he was hurt last year. Replaced uh, Christian McCaffrey when he was traded and was uh, terrific. The thing about him though is he's not going to catch the football. He has twenty three catches in forty three games in his career. He's going to be a non factor there. So he might score some touchdowns. He's going to lose some of them to Justin Fields, who's going to run them in. It's going to hurt yeah. his fantasy output. It's good for the team, not good for fantasy. And Cleo Herbert, look. Everyone has wanted him to happen for two years now. And every time David Montgomery comes back from his injury, Herbert disappears and gets four touches. You know what I mean? Now, he started to eat in a little bit late last season, but I'm not so sure that the Bears are really buying into him as a feature back. So I expect a at least a two-headed committee. They might not be done at running back. Let's see watch what happens in the draft. Completely and also, Homer, in obvious passing situations, he might He's steal some targets. Right? How about so, this? Combined com- receiving like for Herbert and Deontay Foreman last year. Combined. A total. 14 catches for 83 yards on 21 targets. That's not a lot of fans. How many it's games not. did they miss? A lot of games? Did they play full seasons? Nope. How many games played both they? Them, I mean, I think both of them played a lot. Played basically year. full seasons. Uh, you're talking but yeah, even if, it's ha- even if it's half a season each, like if you combine them to make 17 games, that would be minimal passing game utilization. I'm a little higher on Deontay Foreman than Mike. And it goes back to, again, this thing that we were talking about, like what exactly do you need at a running back? And I think I'm realizing this more and more as every year goes by is that it's not that I think Deontay Foreman every single week is going to give you something you really need. But, like, if there might be a pocket of games where it's like Deontay Foreman is getting 20-plus touches in five straight games, even if they're all rushes, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, this is a player that has some value week in and week out. So I've got him as running back 39 on my board because, like Mike said, he's a good runner, man. He's a talented dude. And this offense ran the ball well last year, albeit a lot of it with Justin Fields. They'll be able to run the football effectively again this season. I think they'll score more touchdowns, obviously, than they did last year. Too. I, want, I want to ask you a question, which is not on our show list, Field. Please, but, that's okay. Uh, in talking about these NFC North running backs, obviously Khalil Herbert staying there after David Montgomery left to sort of take over that you know co-lead back role. Yeah. I'm really surprised that in Minnesota, Alexander Madison didn't choose to go somewhere else rather than continue to back up Dalvin Cook. He got real money, though. So, But that's a good, it's, a, it's another one. So that's another one that feels like it wouldn't stun me if there's a second shoe to drop there. Right, because for those who missed it, as Daniel referenced, two years, I think it's $8 million with seven guaranteed for Alexander Madison. That's a good amount of money. It's not blow it? you away money, but it's also not nothing, right? It's, it's, that's not like pure backup money. And, Mike, last year, 
He was more of a backup than he had been during mm-hmm. the Mike Zimmer era. He basically was a pure backup for Minnesota. That's because Dalvin Cook appeared in 17 games more for the first he, time ever. Yep. He's never done that before. So he was there, and that meant Madison disappears. Now, Madison, when Cook missed time, was basically, I mean, there was a stretch where he was the number one scoring running back in fantasy. He was really good in that role, but he wasn't even that as good last year. He took a step back in terms of efficiency, and I think that probably softened his market a little bit. But gotcha. you're right. I mean, we're keeping an eye, I think, on Dalvin Cook and uh, Joe Mixon as well to see if they mm-hmm. end up on those week one rosters. No two ways about that. All right, you know what? Rather than talking about Brandon Cook, who so I kind of mentioned earlier, and like I think it's a fine move. I thought it was a good move for the Cowboys. Liked it a lot, but I have him as wide receiver 35. It's not like I'm blown away by the prospects there in fantasy. We yeah, can I think talk it'll be a flex. It. I think we'll be starting him as a flex every week. He's yeah. a really good player, and really good he's player. not going to have as much pressure on him. But that's going to be a, a it's look, I we we picked on Mike McCarthy and they want to score less and they're they're still going to throw it enough. It's still a really good offensive line. They have good targets. They're going to score points and Cooks is going to be a big part of that. All right. So, again, uh, a lot of things to dive into in this article. It's on ESPN Plus if you want to go read it right now. And as I've been doing my rankings, I am more and more intent and like I'm holding myself to this. We're talking tiers this year, people. Mm-hmm. We are talking categories. Oh, We're yeah. talking buckets. Always. Because as you're, but no, we haven't always, though, right? Like, people, I mean, people get so fixated on Terry McLaurin, just as an example, yeah. right? Terry McLaurin or Tyler Lockett, who do you like more? Both? Yes. I like them both, right? Like, I don't want to waste time on that kind of argument nearly as much this mm-hmm. offseason. I want to dive deeper into why those players can represent comparable value in your drafts and on your rosters. As always, check out Mike on Twitter, Mike Clay NFL. He is at Daniel Dopp. She is at Stefania underscore ESPN. We are back later this week, and we get this request a lot. We are doing it. We're going to talk about various different types of leagues that you can play yes. on ESPN. Do not miss it. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. If you need a stick of tide, field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna yate. Cause he's on TV every day. A spicy tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make you laugh. He's our favorite host. And everybody knows his name